This is episode 36 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 36 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today I have Alfonso Salemi on the podcast and Alfonso is an expert in rent to own. So we've brought this concept up on the show a couple of times now. Rent to own is when you have a tenant that doesn't have the best credit right now, but it's credit that you can repair. And it's an opportunity where as an investor, you can actually profit helping that tenant to eventually become ready to buy a home. So Basically, as an investor, you buy a house and you have an agreement with a tenant that they have an option to buy it three years later. And there's a whole bunch of profit for you in the deal. There's a win for them and that they get to own their own home. And it tends to be a fairly hands-off three-year period, which is why a lot of investors like it. Not to mention that there are rent-to-own investors and rent-to-own deals getting over 30% per year return on investment. So if that isn't enough to make you watch this episode, then I don't know what is. So you are really gonna enjoy this one. Uh, quick housekeeping. We've got the Greater Hamilton REI meetup happening monthly. So this is where you get to get in a room with people like me. I'll be there. And you get to be in a room with many other active investors who are doing deals right now. And these are people that can help you wrap your head around how to get started or how to take yourself from where you're at right now to the next level. So definitely reach out to me at the Andrew Hines on Instagram or Facebook so that you can be a part of that. And I'm not going to delay this anymore. Let's hear what Alfonso has to say. Here is episode 36. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Alfonso Salemi on the podcast and I'm pretty sure I said that right. You got that. You got that right. I know you always say it on the podcast, you should ask first. So I was waiting for you to ask. But I've heard your name so much. Okay. okay. Yeah, no, you nailed it. You nailed it. Sometimes I just see the name and then then you're okay. Yeah, pleasure uh, pleasure to join you today, Andrew. Yeah, super excited. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I, I know we've crossed paths many times. I think I first probably saw or heard of you from Mike Cordero back in the day. I think you know Mike, right? Okay, yeah, Mike yeah. Cordero. Wow, that's a name that, yeah, that goes back. I think we met in the, the rich the rich dad, poor dad rooms back in the day. I guess it would be at least a few years ago. I know yeah. he was coming back when it was uh, so right, when you had your, your yes. meetup group, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. which yeah. has grown obviously significantly now. So, um, well, why don't we just start off uh, with, with you kind of giving me a little scoop on what you're into, because I know what you're into, but why don't you tell all of our uh, our listeners and, and viewers what you're into right now, yeah, as far as investing uh, goes? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what what I've uh, really focused on, along with my business partner uh, Adam Wisink, is is rent to own properties. So when I first started the uh, getting involved in the journey of real estate, there's you know it was like information like it was like water coming out of a fire hose of like all these different strategies and you know the multifamily student rentals and then you know private lending and all the different types of strategies so i you know i was told by somebody you know you know focus on one or two at the most and really um you know really lock into and learn about that specific strategy so i chose rent to own um took the classes took the courses got a mentor that was really focused on the rent to own and um, yeah, went down that road and that's how I eventually met my business partner. So for the people that don't know what rent to own is, um, we help people that don't qualify for a mortgage today for some reason or other, their credit, their income um, or their down payment. Uh, we help them repair their credit scores. Um, we help them, you know, claim income properly, do the things they need to do mm-hmm. um, to make sure that CRA and taxes are all paid properly and showed properly. And then obviously safer down payment. That's a, a big one that we see a lot of is just lack of down payment in the market. And then on the flip side, we help investors like uh, really kind of replicated what Adam did for me. He had a little bit of experience, had done 
probably two or three deals of rent to own. And then he capped himself out in terms of what he could qualify for mortgages. And he went to go look for a JV partner. And sure enough, I was on a list that he sent out an email, very similar to the ones that we do today. And um, yeah, we we kind of, I said, all right, I want to do this deal. I'll be your partner, but I want to know everything that you do. I want to basically follow in your footsteps and I wanted to build something for myself, right? And um, as we got to know each other, Throughout the process, like I was on mute on phone calls that Adam was having with realtors or tenant buyers or mortgage brokers and just listening to what he was saying to them, how he was acting, watching it. I had taken the classes, learned about it, but then actually seeing it in action. And um, and that's what we do for now. Investors is really that hands off investment for them to 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 invest. Yeah. So that's your business then. So Jag Properties, that's your kind of full time. We'll call it your nine to five as your company. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's like the nine to five, three sixty five, like twenty five hours a day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So there's always work to be done, always deals to be had. There's always something going on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, going back, you said there was the the fire hose, you know, trying to drink from a fire hose uh, and you, you landed on rent to own. Could you just summarize what you saw as the main benefit, what made it seem like the better direction for you at that time? Yeah, absolutely. I had some, I don't even want to say some, I had like zero experience in real estate. My experience of real estate was I was like 13 years old and one of my cousins, Italian from Hamilton, was a builder and I worked there in the summer times for him in the summer, sweeping up job sites, helping the bricklayer. If it was the drywall guy that day, I was helping bringing mm-hmm. the drywall that day, just doing the odd jobs on on the construction sites. So I knew he was doing real estate, but he bought land, built houses, sold them. I was like, wow, yeah. I want to do that, but I don't know how to do that, right? So that was real estate to me or being a realtor. That's what I thought. Um, and so the reason I chose rent to own, because I was really, I had no experience and I was really like, I don't know if I can swear, but I was a chicken sh- when it came to like investing. Like you can ask my friends, family, people, we would go to the casino and I'm like, yeah. no way, I'm putting 50 bucks in my pocket. Once it's gone, it's gone. I brought 50 bucks in my license. That's it. I wouldn't even bring a card or bank because I'm like, no way, I'm not going to risk that. I'd rather yeah. go expend it on an experience or, you know, or an item that I can keep forever. So when investing large sums of money, I was like, and then you hear all the things about renters are terrible people and they don't pay on time. And um, again, I'd you know um, known some property managers uh, growing up as well too. And they were always collecting rent, right? They were the collectors of rent, yeah. always going around chasing, chasing, chasing. And, um, and then from even again, from the younger age when I was doing the construction, they were always late. The, the houses were being delivered like just on time or a day or two late and budgets were always. So I was like, man, this real estate game's tough. But with the rent to own, I saw that the client had a stake into the to the process as well. That if they followed the program and they took care of the house that they were eventually mm-hmm. going to own, there's less risk from an owner standpoint. Like from my mindset was the investor, right? So the from the investor standpoint, there's less risk if you have somebody on your team that they're looking to succeed and build equity and stay in their home as well. So that's what spoke to me. Nice. Yeah. And I, I really like that when I first started looking at investing, rent to own was one of the first things I looked at. And the thing I loved about it, I actually rent or I read rent to own investing for Canadians. I think Mark Loeffler's book. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I read parts of that book for sure. Yeah. And I was like, I'm like, this is pure gold. Um, (laughs) I I think that in theory it's, it's fantastic, but there's a lot of execution that needs to be done properly. And there's a lot of expertise that needs to be had there. Uh, so coming from the mortgage broker, you know, side of things and, and being in mortgages, I actually had a pretty good insight into credit and credit score and what needed to happen. I was constantly working with clients and saying, this is a good score versus this is not. And this yeah. is what you need to fix, uh, you know, if they did have something wrong. So uh, it spoke to me a, a lot. And the thing I did love, the same thing you're saying is when uh, when you actually 
tell somebody, hey, you get to go out and work with a realtor and pick your home. Yes. So that's the, the strategy Mark pointed out in the book was uh, basically you find the good tenant first and let them pick the home. And then mm. the deal is really in uh, in what they're willing to pay uh, as a deposit. And, and of course, their monthly payments, that's all mm. pre-agreed upon based on the, the price range. And I, I really like that. And it made a ton of sense to me because they want to take care of the property. You'll find these people like they'll put in carpet. They'll say, hey, can we add a bathroom to the main floor? You're like, oh, it's it's okay. incredible to see what some of our like now that just the, the amount that we've done now and just to see like the majority of our tenant buyers, the improvements that, you know, that they've done to the house. Like I, we also have rental properties that we own, like personally in our own mm-hmm. portfolios and stuff like that. But like we hear more from those like few, like those dozen or so rental properties than we do from over 70, 80 of the, the rent-to-own clients mm-hmm. that are currently in progress. We get pictures of, hey, I just did the landscaping out front. Hey, I just painted the windows. Oh, hey, yeah. check this out. And we're like, this is phenomenal, right? It's They, they have a vested interest into the project. Yeah, absolutely. And and one of the things that, um, that I've seen happen a lot from the tenants, um, and I know several in- investors that have, have bought these, is uh, the tenants get the key and and you don't keep a copy of the key i know you might not do it that way it's it's good but i mean you're only a a 70 locksmith away from from that's right opening that's a door right. if you really needed yeah, to yeah, yeah, but yeah, what yeah. it means in the tenant's mind um to know hey the owner doesn't even have a key to this place it truly is mine to take care of mm-hmm. furnace filters mm-hmm. are my my thing you know maintenance to- toilets things yeah, like it's that giving they're them all that mine. responsibility yeah. give them that power right it's not treating them like you know, like most you know, banks, lenders, or you know, I don't want to get into like politics, but like the government treat people like as kind of like sheeple, right? Yeah. Just just follow along. You're just supposed to do, and and it's crazy that it's funny that we're talking about tenant buyers, but even from some investors, the experiences that I that I've come across is when we're talking about how we're repairing the client's credit score, the yeah. investors kind of perk up their ears and say, oh. How does that credit score work? Like they know they have good yeah. jobs, they know they have money, and they know they they can put down payments down, right? Um, but they don't know the credit score of how it all goes. They just happy. Like I, I remember the first time I bought my own personal property. Uh, we uh, at that time I bought the property for three hundred thousand dollars. You know, put I think it was ten percent down, and then got the mortgage on the rest. And I just filled out the paperwork, provided all my job information, all the mm-hmm. like the tax returns, and they gave me a mortgage. And I was like. I don't even know how they I got that. And the mortgage broker was very happy. Yeah. Smiling ear to ear, right? Because yeah. he's like, Oh yeah, you're at like 720. That's phenomenal. And I was like, out of what? <laughs> right. So um yeah, it, that's the cool part is that that education piece that's showing the clients not only the the, yeah. the the responsibility of their home, the actual physical property, but the responsibility of their finances, right? That they are yeah. in control of it. Yeah, and I, I do I do think that that's important, and I think that one of the things that when I when I read the book that I was I was referencing before that I felt was missing in hindsight, like looking back many years down the road, is is the actual ability of uh, of the tenant to get that. It's kind of like rehab, like yep. you know, people need drug rehab. <laughs> there are people yep. who need credit rehab, and and. I- and you also need to be able to recognize a lost cause too, right? Yep, absolutely. And I don't yep. mean that in a way, a sense that they could never turn their lives around. But um, so I'll, I'll give the, the the simple reference that I gave before uh, in a previous episode is there's the chronic or an acute problem. So yes. a chronic problem is not going away. A chronic problem is, is like cancer. So they have a cancerous financial situation. Uh, key signs in my experience, you know, coming from a finance background is when people always blame 
circumstance. Oh, we just had a run of bad luck, you know, this, that, and Life the other thing. Life happened to me. Life keeps happening to me. Uh, the second, if you're thinking about signing somebody up for rent to own, Alfonso, you could probably agree oh. here, uh, run from those. Yes. But the uh, people yes. the people who say, oh, a family member died and while while we were footing the bill or, or you know, they couldn't work for a year and everything went to hell. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a, an example of somebody that potentially you could work. Yeah, you might see massive delinquencies on their credit bureau, but they could be fixed. Yes. Like you, if you fix those, they you know, you'd hope if you look at the history way back. They were actually paying their bills on time. And then all of a sudden there was one moment in time where everything. It's that proverbial blip. The blip. Yeah. The blip that happens or something. And you do, you need to have that history. And that's the, that's the benefit of, you know, working with an amazing credit team and mortgage broker that they're able to pull those finances. And now that we've actually even like the cool part is just because the amount of volume is that we brought on staff as well too. So now we're able to even have more, like a more of a personal touch up until, you know, you work with people then. Absolutely. Like ongoing, all all the way through the program. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Like for the longest time, it's been through like a mortgage broker and, and you know, his team, but now we've actually brought on somebody personally. That's not only just coaching them on how to get a mortgage. Like that's one thing, but even just personal finances and budgeting and where does your money go every week or every two weeks when you get paid? How are you splitting that up? How are you going to get your paid, pay your debts on? It's, it's funny lately. I've been saying to a lot of people is like, we, we do a, like a complete credit repair rehab as as you called it Mm -hmm. for people, but we disguise it as a rent to own. Because if you go, if we were marketing, Hey, who wants to come and fix their credit and repair and get on a better financial track? It's going to be tough versus if you want a house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're disguising right. it, right? But they, but yeah. it's ultimately is that they did, obviously everybody does need a house to live yeah. in or a property to live in or somewhere to live, whether they're renting or they're owning. But it's to bridge that gap, like you said, that the people that aren't the the, the quote unquote lost causes that they do want to get on that bridge and, and put that effort in. Yeah, right? they're willing to put in the effort, and they're yeah. you know they're willing to to pony up a, a deposit for yep. you know to yep. to show that they're serious and that's absolutely critical i think that's the most important part is that they're willing to put some put their money where their mouths are yep. um just to break this down real quick for anyone who uh who is having any trouble following along so just the, the basic concept of rent to own is you've got an owner say alfonso was an investor had some money wanted to put it to work the best he possibly could so he heard about rent to own said okay i'm gonna go find a tenant you put an ad up maybe saying, hey, uh, you know, rent to own your own home. Somebody emails Alfonso. Uh, he screens them, says, hey, you'd be a good fit. We'd like to, you know, we'd like to give you a house. So go find a house. Maybe you do it that way. Maybe you don't. Yeah. Uh, but so you put that tenant in the house. And then what happens is you you write up. You could. There's a couple of ways to do it. But you could write a purchase and sale agreement for three years down the road after you know the tenant should have fixed their credit. Mm-hmm. And it's for a higher price than you pay today. So say you buy the house for 150, you agree to sell it maybe to the tenant for 180 or 190 or even 200. Uh, on top of that, the tenant agrees that they're gonna pay a certain amount of rent, but you know that that rent is just about as good as gold because they've put down a non-refundable deposit. That's right. Uh, and part of that yeah. rent every month is a down payment savings yes. towards that final down payment that yes. they need, right? Yes, yep. and do you structure it that that portion of their rent, um, it's only it only counts towards their deposit if it's paid on time? Yes, within yeah. reason, yeah. right? Within reason. Like if they call and say, hey, you know, it's going to be a, a late or if they're yeah. like, I always like to be proactive with our clients, right? Like we know we've had a few that, you know, there's been some times where, you know, it was a delay. It was one time, it was like 
again, we get back to the chronic that they kept on paying. Like it was always like six days late, six days late, six mm-hmm. days late. And I was like, why? Like, can you just let us know ahead of time or what's going on? And then finally, like it was a first time investor that we were working with. And it was like, I saw myself in them, right? When they got like, they were really nervous. Why are they keeping late? This is their first investment mm-hmm. property. So we actually, like, this is really funny. We actually had like a council meeting. It was myself, like the operator of the rent to own. We were at the tenant buyer's house with the investor, like sitting in their living room in the tenant yeah. buyer's home. And we're like, you know, we want to understand. We want to try to help you. What's going on? And finally, he came out. He goes, well, they changed the the, the payment uh, or my my, uh, my job payment company, who they were using. And now it gets like paid six days late. And we're like, oh, why don't you just let us know that? Like, we'll move the payment date, you know, ahead to the last one or mm-hmm. behind to the other one, right? And and it was settled and done. And what we were walking out, and actually the investor had said it to me and says, you know, which bank is going to go sit in their client's living room to say, hey, why aren't you paying your bills yeah. on time? You get letter, letter, like sign on the door. Like <laughs> evicted, like they take yeah. over, you know, the, the whole power of sale process, all that kind of stuff, right? So we really do care about that client and try to understand how can we help that, mm-hmm. right? And and it is, it's a, it's a lot of numbers and facts and dealing with those figures that are measurable, but a big part of it is the unmeasurable part of like, if you were a personal trainer, if we were personal trainers and we looked at somebody walking in that wanted personal training, is like, how likely are they going to do it and actually get the goal? Because we know all the steps, they need to do this, they need to do this, they need to do these exercises. Same thing on our side of things. We look at their they're set up and they need to fix their, whether their credit, their income or their down payment, one of those three things yeah. or all three or three, two of the three is how likely are they going to do it? They're going to follow up or give them all the information they need, the tools, but how likely are they actually going to do it? And since you bring that up, how likely, um, how okay. likely is it for your average client to come in as a tenant buyer and actually end up buying the house? Yeah. So we're at, uh, I'm going to use approximate numbers because September's not done yet. So we're at approximately like over 125 rent-owned properties that we've done. We've successfully exited on 35 that we've sold back to the tenant buyer. Okay. Um, so I'm going to give you the first number is that basically there was like three that did not go to term. The rest right now are in operation. They're in year so one, not two, or term. three. Yeah, okay. they're not to term yet. They're in one, the first year, second year of the three year. But the three that didn't go to term were just like kind of really um, unique situations. And, and the thing is, is that the... The tenant buyer is always the one that like is is basically in charge of their success, right? Yes. They stopped uh, one one of the clients in in Stratford actually stopped paying, um, stopped paying rent, and it was okay. The first month went by, sent the letter. So then I went to the property, couldn't find him, he wasn't there. Okay, so we went through another, sent the other letter, got went to the landlord tenant tribunal. This person never never appeared, never showed up. I went back mm-hmm. to the property uh, a couple of days before, went to the landlord tenant board. And there was like squatters in the house. And I was like, there's like big biker dudes. And I was like, oh man, I'm like, okay, I'm not getting involved here. I'm not trying to argue with anybody or fight with anybody. So we just basically had to go and get it like vacant possession. Sheriff at the door. Yeah, so you just a victim, like normal landlord tenant. Yeah, and to this day, still don't know. Don't know where where this tenant buyer has, has gone. Was that one isolated incident of somebody, you know, that delinquent that just picked up and left yeah, yeah yeah that was just gone and i honestly think these squatters had something to do with like he was scared of these people that were in this house because they basically took over this guy's house right yeah um but th- there was another case where there was a divorce basically husband yep. and wife um it was both their second marriage so 
unfortunately, it was the second divorces for both of them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they both had separate children and they got divorced two years into the three-year rental. And that was in Oshawa. And at the time we said, okay, the market was doing really great in Oshawa. We said, let's let's see if we can, you know, how can we exit out of this? So one way we, we uh, thought was let's put another rent-to-own tenant mm-hmm. buyer in there. So uh, we tried that method. Didn't really find another person that could come and qualify because of the new purchase prices in Oshawa okay. and whatnot. Um, so we decided just to sell the property. Now, we made an agreement with the tenant buyers that were there. We said, listen, we're going to actually get more than we were going to sell uh, if we were going to sell to you. So if you kind of keep the place, work with us, allow people to come through the property, keep it neat and tidy so that we can get the maximum purchase price, we can give you more back of your return. And ultimately, we did have fees, like we paid our realtor, we had to paint and do some landscaping around the place. But I think we ended up giving them, I think that we had almost about $30,000 of deposit money throughout the two years of the three-year rent loan. And I think we returned just over 20 grand to them. Um, to like basically two thirds of what they had given us because they had worked with us. They allowed people to come through, view the property. And we were actually making more on the upside than we were going to sell to them. So, you know what? Like I'm not in the business of, you know, screwing Mm -hmm. people. So, you know, we left a good taste in their mouth because maybe not that day, but another time that they would be qualified. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm guessing that was not in your contracts. You just did that to be nice. That's right. Contractually. Yeah. We weren't obligated. Yeah. Yeah. Now, just getting into to some of the contracts, because, you know, having been in this space and 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 knowing the kind of feedback I've got on the rent to own concept, one of the concerns that I had about it was potential conflicts because you have a lease and then you have an option to purchase. I know in the early days there were some people who combined those things. Mm-hmm. And then when you go to the landlord tenant board, uh, basically they'd say, well, this isn't this isn't under our jurisdiction because this is this is to do with ownership. So there was a day where people started more commonly having two separate agreements. There's a lease and then there's a separate option to purchase. Is that how you structure that's your, right. your deal? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's precisely how we do it. And now the only the only time that there are issues or conflicts when it comes in it is that if there is a lack of payment. If there's not if they're not paying on time, they mm-hmm. have a lease to pay on time. Whether it's a rent to own or not a rent to own. Yeah. They have to pay on time. If you're, if you have a lease that's signed, whether we return money or, you know, a lot of people call, you know, the cash or uh, keys for cash or cash for yeah. keys, that kind of stuff that if it's going to be an issue and we haven't done our, and again, we've gotten better as we've screened more and more people and seen more and more things and develop more patterns um, and identifying within our own business. But if they're that delinquent, then you know what? Like, honestly, every penny that you gave us here, just take it back. Let's move on. It's our property. We have an asset yeah. that we can use for a rental or another rent to own, right? I guess the challenge is if they're if they're uh, they're giving you one hell of a, a ride as you go. Yep. And, and then you're kind of looking at that, keeping their deposit as compensation for having to deal with that. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I guess you can do that too, right? Yeah. Listen, for every action, there's a reaction. So yeah. I, I like to always give people the benefit of the doubt. Sure. And then at that point there, if like, if yeah. you're not willing to work with me, then Hey, like we, like now we're having a different conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of like, you should never really need to involve lawyers. It should almost be like a, a, like a 0.1% of the time, because with most people, you can talk something out and work out a deal. And it's better to pay them a little bit or work with them yeah. or concede a little bit than it is to go through the court proceedings or to go through landlord tenant board Absolutely. or anything like and, that. And we're talking like the rent owns like these, like we're talking the worst, worst case scenarios, right? And for the most part, like up until recently, like before we've hired on a couple more people at JAG, um, I was out driving per- to these houses, doing the, the physical f- inspections and follow-ups a few times a mm-hmm. year at each property. And I was like, 
I had to be, I felt rude because I had to leave because I had like a, like a, a, a trail that I was following. I had to hit up so many properties in a day mm-hmm. in certain areas. And they're like, here, stay, have a coffee, sit down, <laughs> relax, right? Like, again, I told you, we also have normal rental properties. Try doing that at one of your tenants, just normal tenants place that, yeah. right? Hey, come in for, no, not a chance, right? So that's what I'm saying. The rental owner is, it's like that elevated client. Yes, they are renters, right? For all intents of contractual purposes. But I like to think of them as homeowners in training. Yes. Right? That they are gonna, thinking it. Yeah, they yeah. are training to do that, right? And it's so important that they feel that they're that. Like Absolutely. they, they need to feel like they're the owners, right? They don't, yeah. they don't think of themselves as tenants as much as that's, that's tough. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I mean, for legal purposes, they need to be, yeah. but, uh, yeah, obviously you want to see them win. I think one of the, you know, one of the things that initially, um, concerned me about the model is just, I, I did see quite a few people failing to buy and it was sad, you know, like I, but I think a lot of that is just not picking the right tenants in the first place, which yep. it sounds like you guys have got a great system. Um, so just before we move past that, the issue with the lease versus the option to purchase, do you have a best practice to avoid that being um, considered like something that landlord tenant wouldn't board wouldn't deal with? Or has it just not happened to you and you guys have got yeah, a pretty good Yeah, you know what? Contract? I've actually, in a, in a couple of cases, like the, the in, a, in a couple of cases where I've actually just gone for other reasons to the landlord tenant board for mm-hmm. other rentals, I've sat there and actually like tried to pick the the brains of the, actually the mediators that are in, in the okay. room of those days, right? And I'm like, you know, we were there for another, it wasn't even a rent-owned property, but we were evicting another client. Um, and I just, you know, I said, you know, do you have five minutes? I said, you know, the case is kind of clean. The, the, the person didn't even come. So I was there for really... 20 minutes i said well how can i utilize this time that i'm here so i started talking to um yeah the mediators that were in the room and i said how do you guys look at rent to owns and versus you know the lease agreements and option contracts and all that kind of stuff and what she basically pointed out to me was every adjudicator at the front of the room is going to have their own opinion on it okay so the same way that we're sitting here (laughs) we're sitting yeah because and, and and there's there's only one reason for that is because there's no clear defined yeah one rent own way to do things right right there's yeah. you know you've done it i've done it we, we there's there's the canadian association of rent owned professionals right and and mm. uh and we've aligned with some of the biggest rent owned providers across the country and we always talk about what are our best practices and yeah. even ourselves aren't exactly on the same page we're all doing it a little bit differently but that has worked yeah. right so um i think the, the cleaner your your wording though and the more explicit your correct. wording on each yeah. agreement like yeah. this is only an option yeah. it is not a guarantee all your lease must be must be followed you know yeah. uh those things that really help keep it crystal clear and i think if you stop confusion then it should never ha- hopefully never have to go there that's anyway right. that's right uh, yeah. yeah and just try and you know solve solve problems before they yeah. happen and we do protect them from yeah. themselves because when they are yeah. going out and quote unquote shopping for the property they'll see basically some really terrible houses and they're like no we want this one you too we're like no yeah. you know how much work is going to be involved in your we've just looked at all your financials you don't have the yeah, extra money right and there's people that like yeah they've gone out and looked at properties didn't have like stair rails and like it was a complete rental like you you've done these rentals you, you would have loved these type of properties yeah. for other strategies but for our client where they're going to be doing the work into the property or they're going to be handling yeah, it it's too much no we're not relying on them yeah, well, especially because in the worst case, you have to take the house back. You need to know it's something that you could resell, right? You want to buy a good marketable property. Right. So why don't you tell me a little bit about your process going through? Say you have an approved set of buyers, 
Uh, they're out shopping for a house. Um, what type of house? Like, obviously, you probably qualify them mortgage wise so that they're not paying more than their ratio should That's allow right. and, and qualified based on three years in the future, too. Yep. What's your next step? So they're, they're out on the on the, the beat and they find a house and they uh, they want to write an offer. What do you do? Yeah. So at the same time as we're kind of simultaneously working with tenant buyers, we have a large list of investors that we work with as well too, joint venture partners. We, you know, we do our own deals as well too. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of partnering up the the types of deals, depending on the purchase price, mortgage amounts, down Mm -hmm. payment requirements, partnering up with investors that have that capability of X down payment mortgage ability and mm-hmm. that kind of thing, right? So, if you so you've already yourself, got an investor in mind for for the exactly. ballpark of price, exactly. Yeah, or or a few at all different price yeah. ranges. So you right? call, hey Ron, uh, we've got one that fits your criteria. Are you ready to make an offer tomorrow? Kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, basically, once we've kind of walked them through the process and done the whole, as we're training like the tenant buyer on what rent to mm-hmm. own is, we're also doing the same with investors. Um, educating them on what makes a better deal or not, right? If you're making more cash flow, more profit at the end. So they kind of understand that process and they're ready to pull the trigger as well too on that deal. So yeah, mm-hmm. once we have that, we also do send out a list like where we're constantly looking for new investors as well too. We send out a list of investor, uh, of deals that we are looking for funding for all the time, right? So like Adam sends out his spreadsheet, a little bit of the synopsis of the deal. But when they're ready to pull the trigger and they found the one that they like, we've already kind of had a conversation with the realtor they know if the budget can align. So they know yeah. what we're looking for, like what our max number is. Yeah. You know, for realtors out there, you know, like we're, we're working with them and we're not emotional buying. We know what that number is. We can't go more. If it's an offer, competition, all that kind of stuff, that's our number. That's our budget. That's what's going to work for the client. So we're yeah. disciplined in buying in that sense. Um, but the client has to like the property and again, be emotionally yeah. involved in it and like it as well too that has things that they like. So when we write up the offer, yeah, along with our investors, we're putting the offer in. If we're getting it under contract, sometimes I can't even tell you how many offers I put in my name and have an assignment clause. That's what and I was going to transfer. Ask, right? Yeah, and transfer it into either JAG or transfer it into a, the the actual investor or their investor's name, and then they're opening up a corporation specifically for yeah. that property. Right? Everybody has different tax purposes and all different reasons of who holds the property. Right. Yeah, so it's just a standard offer though with an assignment clause. Like, there's nothing f- furry in there that would uh, tip a bank off to the fact that it's rent to own because no, some banks don't no, like that, right? No, it's a, it's a standard it's a standard purchase, right? We're okay. we're purchasing this home because effectively, like legally, what we are doing is buying this house and renting it. There's an option mm-hmm. to buy. It's leasing a car, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. So, like, it's funny. I just leased for the first time in my vehicle, yeah, and I got the ownership, and it was only like half, right? And I was like, wait, hold on a second. They're like, yeah, you don't own the car. You're just leasing it, right? Yeah. So when you buy or finance a car, right, they give you the ownership, yeah. right? So it's similar to, to really similar to leasing a vehicle, right? Okay, so so mm-hmm. um, from the bank standpoint, no, no, there should be no uh, hiccups because yeah, yes, banks don't like rent to own, but you don't have to tell them. And uh, if they don't ask, if they don't ask, we'll put it that way. That's the one element there. So it's okay. You 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 assign it over to someone else. Do you ever do a deal where you sign on it? You know, you're not going to be closing, but you don't have an investor yet. Touch wood, it hasn't happened to date. So so you've I, always found somebody before you had to firm absolutely, up. Yeah, absolutely. Or or the other part, like very early days, yeah. like even before, you know, partnering with Adam around that, I wholesaled a few yeah. where to other companies or other people that wanted to do that. Um, yeah. But then, you know, that I was cool because I, I just made some quick cash, but I was like, oh, I could have done the deal too, right? But yeah. again, it, I was getting started. I didn't, I, I didn't know. And then, you know, obviously came across Adam that had initiated and gone through the process. So, um, yeah, yet to date, we 
and again, the network of people that we've we've built, and again, being a part of of a care op, the the the, the National Association of Rent to Owns, where. You know, we, we we know the industry, we know the people. If it's a good client, like it's funny yeah. now we're seeing the other side that there's been clients that have been bounced around from different people and we're like, no, don't do this one. And kind of like almost like a blacklist of certain tenant buyers, right? right. So um, yeah, the, like the, we, we know when it's a good deal that we'll find an investor and we know what makes a good deal or not. Yeah. Now, do you have the contingency that worst case you could just close it if you had to? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we absolutely have a backup plan. Yeah. Again, yeah, that we're going to work on that deal. Yeah. Like, we're not going to go firm unless so many dominoes come into play. Right, right. right. Yeah. So you you do what, like a, a two-week condition on those? or uh, No, not necessarily. You know what? One like, week? An, oh, man, some ask some realtors. They want like an hour a condition. They want five days. Yeah. Five days they complain about. Five days. Oh, my God. <laughs> five full days, right? Like with 24 hours or five half days. I saw, I heard somebody actually say it was in, in, in the right club room somebody put in um six half business days so if you didn't read it properly or like do the math like you knew the conditions were expiring i was like that is way too complicated that would like okay that's good for a one-time transaction that person's going to remember your name yeah right (laughs) but uh no typically yeah we 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 all i like to say we ask for 10 and then sometimes we get kicked back on that and then usually we're okay with somewhere around five is, yeah, is typically what we work. That's in a, for. I mean, it's just for anyone yeah. who who doesn't do this very often. Like I remember working in mortgages, trying to get somebody approved, get it appraised, get the file closed in a five day window when there's delays in getting the documentation. Yeah. You know, underwriter sick that day. I mean, my God, like it is almost uh like oh, it's, it's possible panic. it's hair on fire right it's like, possible that's, but you're yeah. constantly putting out fires it's like yeah. a life of putting out fires that's why i didn't do well with the mortgage brokering <laughs> oh man i i have been able i've been so yeah. lucky that I, i'm not a mortgage broker but i work really closely with with emil uh meal yeah. jelnik and okay. and we've kind of i've kind of seen like behind the scenes kind of a little bit of how he qualifies and just learn yeah. about the whole process while you know he's working yep. with us and now training our team to to kind of do that and I'm like, wow, like I could never be a mortgage broker. There's just yeah. checklist, checklist, this, that, it's like a lot another way. And even yeah. just the different systems. And even, you know, just like think about us. If we're two two people that are num- our number one job is just to give out money. You have a million bucks, I have a million bucks. Mm-hmm. All we have to do is give it out and to, to people to invest. Yeah. We would have different criteria. We would list through it. You'd say, no, that's important to me. And I would say, no, that's not that important to me. Or that's important to me. And you'd say, no, that doesn't matter to me. Right. Yeah. And just think about all these different banks or lenders and then subcategories in the banks. Yep. That's the way they view it. Right. Yeah. Every bank has a different list of things that are that are a requirement. So, yeah, that's why a good broker, they're going to know it. They're going to they're going to be able to direct you to the right spot. So, right. Um, yeah, definitely an important point. Why don't we dig into a little bit about how you guys act and, and what capacity you act in these deals? And, and just before we go forward, like when I was looking at rent to own deals, I saw stuff where you could you could clear 30% ROI per year. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's where you're at or if you guys are blowing it out of the park. I You'll you'll have to tell me. But uh, so just for context, so people know we're going to get to that okay. anyway. So, so yes. tell us the capacity that you're operating in. Yeah. So, okay. Essentially what JAG does, I guess. Is yes. What, what, yeah, yeah. So, what do you yeah, do? What's your relationship in, in, in the whole thing? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, essentially, I look at us as, as kind of, like I said, is we, we're like that credit repair management mm-hmm. service for that tenant buyer disguised in the rent to own, but also an investment vehicle for passive investors that want to re- invest in real estate that want a better return on their money. And we're facilitating that. We are yeah. constantly sourcing tenant buyers, working on cl- finding more clients, more yeah. properties, more deals, working in market centers, educating. That's a big part of what I do. That's why yeah. I love, like as soon as you 
offered, you know, come on the podcast. I'm like, yeah, yeah. absolutely, right? We have our own podcast. You got to come onto the Right Club podcast now that we're speaking yeah, of that. But good. that's what that's essentially the big part of what we're doing is we're educating people on the proper way, which, you know, we think is the proper way. And we've talked to a lot of smart people that have done this way before we were around, um, that this is the proper way to do this. So educating on how to do it properly and how it can work for yeah. all parties involved. So, um, but essentially from cradle to grave, we're finding the client, we're, we're walking the investor through the purchase process. Once the purchase process is done, then we're working with our client to follow up with them throughout the three years to make sure that they are on the right track to follow up and get their, their mortgage approved, mm-hmm. fix their budget and... Uh, initially yeah. yeah have a successful deal for our investors so that the rent to own actually comes through and it's not just the rent to maybe then another exit strategy and then maybe yeah. we'll do this it's actually ownership to the client yeah because like the worst case scenario for for the investor would be they're keeping a house which in our market has never been such a bad thing lately yes uh, because yes. you know values are going up so aggressively and they're usually past what you're even predicting for the tenant buyer like you're 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 adjusting a price for them, you know, maybe three percent, four or five percent a year. Yeah, we yeah we pre we predetermine that price and sure, like yeah. when when we were buying in you know twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen in Hamilton, and then it appreciated like twenty two percent a year and all that kind of stuff, and yeah. we had used a conservative five percent, right? Yeah, did we quote unquote leave money on the table? Sure. But did we cash flow for 36 months? Yes, yeah. 100% made money. Yeah. Did we make money on the sell? Yes, we did. Did the clients have a whole bunch of equity because the client was worth more? And it was like, the mortgage broker was like, yeah, done, deal. This house was worth like 450, or sorry, it appraised for 450. Our, our sale back price was 380,000. So the yeah. client instantly had that equity into yeah. the property and we're feeling good about that that's too. nice that's and, nice to see them win right? and you mentioned some yeah. rois that was a the total our annual roi on that deal was 36 yeah. percent. so yeah i left money on the table at 36 percent roi now that's we do a split with our investors and you know you know so you're splitting 36 percent in two ways yes. uh so 18 percent aside 18 percent. you got that yeah. right and, and you know you can calculate some fees and they're just not like mm-hmm. additional fees but like your banking and yeah. you know all that kind of stuff but we in a lot of our spreadsheets we we incorporate disposition and all that kind of stuff as well too so it's a true 18 percent. my business partner is yes. an engineer so he loves when i'm very clear on that stuff that yeah. it's like it's a true 18 percent, right yeah. so after fees um, yeah exactly yeah and 18 percent. like if you think about it this is a pretty passive investment right correct so for for the average person to be able to get a hands-off um where alfonso is going to take the call uh, and you know yep. you don't need to do anything other than make sure there's money in your account and and pay the mortgage payment and pay the taxes absolutely and, and, and actually we facilitate all that as well too we actually set up you know an individual account specifically for the project yeah so that there's a full visibility where yeah investors can see us collecting rent and option deposit every month and then we can see them paying mortgage tax and insurance every month because i heard a horror story one time where um they were working with a joint venture partner and the money that they were collecting from the rent they weren't putting towards the mortgage it was just it was just sitting there and then eventually yeah. got into basic default, default yeah. and yeah, it was a whole mess. So that's why I like the full visibility. That's what I wanted when mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to, Adam, let me make sure that you're collecting the rent and you're going to make sure that I'm paying the mortgage, right? Yeah. Um, this is okay. So you just touched on something that I want to dig into because in, in my head, logistically, as I grow, um, I have property per property. I do and I've done an account. And then I started to hate myself that I did that because I recently, well, in 2018, I switched everything over to QuickBooks. 
Okay. Yeah. And um, so I keep track and I don't really need separate accounts anymore. I just need one account for business and I, everything could go in there and I could keep track of it. Yeah. So now I find myself paying a credit card from five different accounts to like properly distribute the cash. So every account has the appropriate amount of cash. How are you managing? Like you said, you have over a hundred deals on the go right now. Yeah. Yeah. We're currently managing. I think it's like 80 something rental owns plus our rentals, our cottages. Yeah. Okay. So how the heck are you? So 80 <laughs> accounts then? O- over. Over 80 accounts. Over. Uh, do you, do you have like uh, and credit cards and all the kind of, like my, yeah. my TD app is. Yeah. You should wait. We should have done the podcast at the TD bank walking in there when I go up and I'm like, can I get a withdrawal? And they look at you like, like which uh, of the 80 accounts yeah, that you have? Yeah. 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 All but personal yeah. accounts? Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. There, no. Um, some are business or again, depending yeah. on, and, and that's the, the brilliance. Listen, that's not, I'm going to be honest with you. That's not my, my strongest suit. My, yeah. my business partner, Adam is just, he's a, like an engineer and yeah. he's just very precise. So, when you know we know when the taxes go up in one city that there's going to be a price adjustment and there's going to be needed to to pay in a little bit extra more it's yeah. all accounted for and because we're working with a lot of of joint venture partners right it's just so much easier to keep track um in terms of each individual project yeah is it a little bit of an accounting i'm making it out a lot easier than it is because i don't do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's super easy i don't do it <laughs> yeah <it's- laughs> Yeah, no, my, my, my business partner, I give him credit for that. But I, I have a good understanding of it because we can clearly, if there is a discrepancy, a missed payment, something that doesn't happen, a payment that isn't taken or taken late or taken early, whatever the case is, you yeah. can drill down. And obviously, you know, we add it every month, but, you know, bank account, you know, one, two, three is associated with this property. Four, five, yeah. six is this property. And I have a clear, like I have like a Dropbox folder file that. Oh yeah. yeah. There's a way to be that, organized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I have a drawer full of checkbooks for every <laughs> account. Like, and I have like, I don't know, like 10, 12, I don't know, for like the companies and, and the personal and stuff. I can only yeah. imagine 80. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I get a stomachache when I look at them too much yeah. and, uh, but uh, it, I, it's worked. It's, it's worked until we find a better way. Honestly, we're tinkering with it. But so yeah. far, this is the best that uh, that we've been able to find. I feel like there, yeah, there's more advanced industry-specific softwares that are kind of needed uh, once you want to get more organized than that because it's so specific, right? Like, yep. um, you know, as far as the bank accounts go, when you have different investors involved, you can't really be contaminating that money back and forth between, you know, other investors' accounts, right? That's so, right. And isn't, that's yeah. like the coolest thing about real estate too, is that okay, you're a real estate investor, I'm a real estate investor, but that's where like, it's so similar, but so different at the same time. Like if you were a dentist or I was a dentist, yeah. our logo would probably have a tooth or a toothbrush on it, yeah. right? We'd have certain things that like so many molars, teeth, like you clean, you only do a certain amount of things, how you bill yeah. it, how you service it, how you deal with insurance companies, how you collect yeah. payment from, and like maybe 10% of our business is a little bit different versus like yeah. if we looked at our business, how much would be different, but we're both real estate investors, yeah. right? <laughs> good, uh, good time for us to maybe transition into a little bit more about you on the personal investing side, because I like to get to know every investor that I bring on the show. When did you start? Where did you start? It sounds like you started in rent to own. What type of investments are you in right now? And, uh, you know, what are your goals on the, on the personal side? Absolutely. I, I read the rich dad, poor dad book in 2009. Shortly after that took some classes, uh, in 2010 and 11, and basically started like, oh my God, what I need to do something. I was still working full time doing sales. 
Um, and then, yeah, that, that's when I took the courses, got a mentor, learned about all the different strategies, learned, you know, the, the cash flow quadrant and, and that kind of thing. And again, that my first investment was into rent to own, still hold mm-hmm. a few in my personal name as well, too, as, as I have some capability to qualify. One yep. exits out, I kind of recycle that mortgage ability and put that into either another rent to own. Um, what we've done as well, too, is uh, along again with my same business partner in Port Stanley, just outside of, um, London, Ontario, we, we have a few beach cottages so that we rent out Airbnb in the summertime week at weeks during the summer. And then, um, in May and June, we do weekends and weekday rentals and that kind of stuff. And then in the off season, we've gotten really lucky of had like off season renters where, really? yeah. So where I know in Port Stanley in the winter, I don't, know, but it's getting more and more populated in that area. So there's a lot more work and jobs and that kind of stuff. Um, but it was people that were like building houses that needed place for like five, six months as the builder was finishing or a winter mm-hmm. project that they're building something in so the area, short term, short term, that kind of stuff. And we were very clear that it was short terms, right? And we would even sign like, I don't know if it, like, you know, the whole legality of it, but with three months, the anticipation is they were going to be gone three months. We were out three yeah. months, that kind of stuff, right? So um, sign that future dated uh, N11. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard of that before. Um, yeah. Definitely. But the, the other, the other, we have a, a few like uh, duplexes and triplexes. I live actually in my current uh, triplex, where you know it's house hacking, um, where Smart. I'm, yeah, where I'm, I'm in the bottom unit and I rent out the upper two. I actually just promised a friend that he can live in my unit now, so I'm on the market looking for <laughs> a duplex. So. Um, looking to buy one huh yeah absolutely convert so, it yourself or, or I probably won't I'll probably yeah. talk to really smart guys like you and uh, <laughs> some other people that we've come across and yeah. some people that you've had on the podcast as well too on how to do it I'd probably live yeah. there during the construction and all that kind of yeah. stuff um, but yeah I'm not the expert in that so I would go and look for somebody yeah. to help me through and the same way that I, I don't propose yeah. anybody to go and try to do like a rent own on their own hey I'd, I'd love to help you and that's the best way yeah. to learn right yeah, if I could uh, reinforce that, I would really, really say just out of fairness to the tenants that you put in, work with a professional. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Otherwise, you're not yes. doing them a service. You could be making lots of money, but hurting them. And that's not a good way to do business. Yes, that's right. So, that's right. On your personal side, though. OK, so you okay. said you've got a handful. Uh, what are you at right now in terms of number of properties uh, in your investment portfolio, including rent owns? Yeah, including rent owns. So I kind of like have like segmented buckets for them, right? Yeah. So the, the rent owns, like I said, we're, we're approximately over 125 total deals. If you close, if you count yeah. the ones that so have you've got a piece six- of those through the company yep, through and the, your yep, partnership. Exactly. Yep. yep. So again, my, my triplex, right? Yep. Um, uh, the the five beach cottages five. in Port Stanley. Very nice. And uh, okay, probably about uh, so the triplex, and then probably about another eight to ten doors that are rentals. In like which areas? Uh, London, St. Thomas. Um, oh, you're in London? I didn't know that. Yeah. So again, a lot of it, a lot of what I do with is with my business partner, right? Okay. So he's in the London area. Again, looking to acquire another two doors in Hamilton, one being mine and another rental property. But uh, yeah. yeah, like the, the, the GTA, this area, we've been really fortunate, you know, population growth and people want to be in this area. Um, and people, it's a good rental market as prices get higher and it's tougher to qualify. So yeah yeah so that's how i kind of segment them out into the buckets because nice yeah i don't have like a full total number i don't it doesn't really matter to me than the number but uh oh no yeah, you're, yeah. you're killing it one way or another um yeah that's that's some good progress you've been in, in the biz about 10 years and you've you've done a heck of a lot yeah and and that's the cool part is like just meeting amazing people like yourself and other people that you've had on the podcast interviews and, and you know through the right club and meeting all these different people is that Again, like I said, there's so many similarities as real estate investors, mm-hmm. but there's so many differences. And I love 
seeing what works for people or didn't work for people. Your yeah. marketing, our marketing, you know, that kind of thing of how to basically capture it and be be that be the top in the game of what you want to do, right? And and work with really cool people that are the top in their game, right? And and that are doing it and enjoying it and getting, you know, that that satisfaction, living that that dream life, which sometimes, sometimes it's like, is this a dream yeah. or a nightmare some days? <laughs> but, uh, but you know, on the, in the end, yeah. I think it does, it does balance itself out. And if I didn't like what I was doing or didn't love what I was doing, mm-hmm. I'd find another way to, to enjoy life. Right? Yeah. So you're enjoying this process, your day to day. You might have some, some calls, but you probably have a lot of freedom in your life too. Yeah. I, well, yeah, exactly. That's the cool part is that yeah. I get to come and, you know, book a podcast with, you know, with midday. With, with yourself. <laughs> yeah. Midday on today's Tuesday. Right. I don't yeah. like I don't keep track of weekends and weekdays or whatever. I'm like, what what's yeah. going on this week and what's going on next week? And, but yeah, <laughs> one of the key requirements to be on this show is that you got weekdays uh, in the afternoon have to work for you. This is, <laughs> this is work. This is fun. If this is work, let's, uh, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like it. You know, the work yeah. comes after when I have to post it. <laughs> um, but, uh, anyways, no, it's, uh, it's definitely, uh, it's great to have that flexibility. I feel the same way. Uh, you must have been incredibly compelled to buy five properties all in, uh, in, uh, Port Stanley. Do you mind sharing with me what the numbers look like on one of those? Yeah. So you know what? The, the first one that we bought now, this is going to be, this is the fourth summer that we just had. So it was 2015, I guess we had bought the first, the first cottage out there. And again, my, my business partner was born and raised in St. Thomas now lives in London and he knew the Port Stanley area, right? And uh, and he kind of we were doing a rent own actually out there. We had okay. we were doing a rent own um, in in one of the townhome the townhome complexes out there. And there was this cottage for sale. And he goes, yeah, let's go look at it. We were with our realtor. We said, hey, let's go view a sh- let's book a showing. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of running the numbers for me. And I'm going, why would we want to buy a cottage? It's going to be cold here. He goes, yeah, you can get like a thousand bucks a week. You know, twelve hundred bucks a week. I'm like. And if I got that, I'm going to go to like Jamaica or I'm going to go to Dominican. And somebody's <laughs> like, no, but a whole family can come here for like 1200 bucks a week or whatever. So yeah. that first one we bought, uh, I think we bought the, the final purchase price was $180,000. Oh, nice. In, in Port Stanley. And it, they've significantly gone up. The last one that we purchased, I think was just north of three, uh, 350 actually um in in port Stanley. should we do a more current one then maybe we'll focus on the more recent yeah, one maybe yeah maybe a more recent one yeah right? that's okay so, so yeah. let's focus let's, on well, let's use the, on average i think we have an average purchase price of the five is like around three hundred thousand. okay so. so let's use three hundred thousand. okay so we'll say 300 yeah. uh purchase price yep and and the numbers that the way that we they work out is the june july and august months basically they cover almost 80 percent of our full year of like carrying carrying costs right so that you're talking property tax mortgage payment insurance, insurance yep. and any other some amenities, minor I think maintenance we have like some like some cable like we have the, we yeah. have cable in there uh, internet um yeah some maintenance, so it covers, mo- it covers 80% of yeah, all that yeah luckily real cool part is like that they're all really landscaped nicely and there's like no grass <laughs> so there's not like constant maintenance but yeah you know like going in there filters and all that kind of stuff yeah right? so you still and have to do that stuff maintenance, minor clean, the cleaning is well involved in between guests as well too yeah. right like it's kind of like that airbnb as well right yeah. um so yeah those those three months um would, would cover roughly yeah, about 80, 80% of the cost of the full year. And then, so the, yeah. Do you have a, like, including the little, uh, the winter leases that you get, people staying, um, so kind of your average year on that $300,000 property, what are you looking at as far as gross rent goes? Oh, that, I'd have to look at what the blended are. In the summer times, uh, on the, like, the, the summer months, we're probably getting around anywhere from eighteen to 2200 a week. On, on okay. those properties, right? And then in the off season, 
probably those rentals are somewhere around, you know, 16, 1700 for the month, 1800 for the month. Okay. So let's just, we'll, we'll do, um, 1600 a month. You figure? Yeah. That's yeah. kind of on the low end, but sure. Okay. $2,000 a week, roughly half the year or not, not that much. Like, uh, Oh, I would say a quarter of the year. A quarter of the year. year. So only three months? I can see the mortgage broker skills coming out in your year. <laughs> only yeah. three months? Uh, yeah, well, three months. Yeah, quarter of the year. Yep. Okay, so it's three months at uh, $2,000. So there are four points. 2000 a week, right? Oh, yeah. So yeah, so three months at $2,000 a week. So 4.33 weeks in a month times three on 2000 works out to be 25980 Your monthly rent on the other three quarters of a year that's going to total, uh, so 1,600 times the other nine months uh, at 14,400. Your uh, annual rent on that is $40,380. Okay, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I've calculated it. Uh, okay. okay, so rent on the annual is uh, $40,380. If you wanna break that down into a monthly average, it's going to be, it's about 33,650 uh, a month so I know a lot of uh, a lot of people love to talk about that one percent rule. You know, is your is your monthly rent one yes. percent or higher than yes. your purchase yes. price? And in this case, it is. Yeah. Which, if you can get one percent rule, basically the the simple translation for that is you have really good cash flow, like really good. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and and that's and that's the way that we looked at. It. So it's a business that we're we're operating it that mm -hmm. way, right? That and and again, did we have we rented every single off season month? No. Did no. we leave some out there? So there is going to be some flex. So but there's it a little has, flex. It has a little bit do we take some weeks in the summertime for ourselves mm -hmm. of course we do right like um you know like I, I still like to think hey i'll still contribute because if we could have got that as well too right like right. If, what was my alternative right like i've gone to port stanley in the height of the summer and i've stayed at a hotel <laughs> for three four days because our cottages are rented right so yeah to me i'm like that's great like they're there and i'm there it's kind of working itself out right and hopefully they're repeat customers and tell their friends about it right so yeah, no, yeah. That's, that's great. That actually reminds me of London. I have people ask me like, oh, can't we just stay at one of your places? I'm like, do you think I keep my places empty? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> we want to go to London for homecoming. I'm like, if my places were, uh, were <laughs> empty, rented, I, I wouldn't yeah. be partying. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've gotten a few calls from friends. It was, it's like the long weekend. And it's like the week before. Hey, you have cottage in Port Stanley, right? And I'm like, yeah, probably. They were booked like in March. <laughs> it's it's June 28th, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm wondering. Uh, my mind is 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 uh, making a decision right now of, of whether we want to dig deeper into these numbers or if we want to just focus on on the rent to own because your numbers are great. But when we break into some of the the extra costs of of your you know supplies and you know yep. the the you know it's going to get a little bit more complex. So I'd rather stay focused. I mean, know that we're at we're at over one percent of of your actual purchase price here. So it's it's going to be good, and I'm sure management specific here you might even be able to push that further if you were really aggressive with absolutely stuff. Yeah. And, and you know what and I, and the cool thing is is the timing of when we bought that first one to now and the difference of what even yeah. the city or the, the town of elgin and port stanley have done to improve the area building piers new roads yeah. all that kind of stuff so it, you know you don't want to bank on appreciation but that's also helped as well too right yeah, I mean, if you you sell one day, you're gonna certainly love the the paycheck that you get out of all of that yeah. uh, because of the appreciation for sure. Yeah. Uh, why don't we take a quick look now? Just jumping back over to the rent to sure. own. Yeah, so uh, Alfonso brought a, a nice little 
cash flow sheet. I'll put it up on the screen uh, for those who are watching on YouTube. Hey guys, let's just pause the episode for a second and hear from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by the Real Estate Growth Summit, hosted in Toronto, Ontario at the Pearson Convention Center on November's 11th and 12th. I have Dylan here to talk to you about the things that you're going to learn at the Real Estate Growth Summit. Dylan, take it away. Thanks, Andrew. Really excited to be sponsors of your podcast. This event is for listeners like you that want to take your real estate sales or real estate investing business to the next level and to replace your active income with passive income through learning and implementing the systems and processes used by the best in the industry. Be prepared to walk away with some tangible tools and an action plan that I have personally used to become a top performer in the industry in just under three years. To get your tickets before prices go up, visit www.realestategrowthsummit.ca. And for being loyal listeners of Andrew's podcast, there's a special discount code just for you. All you have to do is enter Andrew REI as the promo code at checkout to save $50 off admission. The only way you're ever going to reach your massive goals is to take massive action. So go get your tickets today and we'll see you at the event. Okay, let's get back to the episode. Maybe I'll let you uh, you run me through yeah, these numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the, the way that we run through these numbers is that that top line, and a lot of people have seen our spreadsheets. If you haven't, definitely reach out. We send these opportunities out. And again, another way for us to educate investors mm-hmm. on, on how the deal really breaks down and keep it simple. So this particular property, the clients were approved for obviously like at least a $408,000 property, right? So they were probably okay. maybe approved up to 500. So they went out and found a property um, at $408,000. Conventional financing, first mortgage is 80%, right? The 20% down payment, you have all your legals and closing costs and land transfer fees and all that type of stuff. And basically like a finder's fee is we work like, again, within our network of people that, Andrew, if you called me and said, hey, I have a tenant buyer that I think might be a good fit, would you run them through your program and take a look? And if we did get a successful client, we would pay you and say, mm-hmm. thanks, send some more, right? It's what we do, right? It's, you know, if you call that a marketing expense or a finder's fee, that, that's how sure. that works. So essentially we have an overall um, um, down payment that the investors require. Now, the other other part of the investment is that the client in this case provided a $25,000 option fee. So our initial deposit at the front, that actually reduces the investors deposit what they need to provide so you're taking that right off the top so instead of needing uh, a full 20 percent of the 408 they're going to need 20 percent less whatever that 25 grand is you got that and now that i see a a five grand number on there for a finder's fee who's that finder's fee going to is that is that what you were just talking there exactly yeah so whoever sent the deal yeah yeah, like whether it's a mortgage broker real estate agent um honestly we've friends and family like people that are like hey talk to this person here right like again contractors that know other contractors and hairdressers and friends that you know we even within our program sometimes that goes to our tenant buyers that refer other tenant buyers right so okay so you kick you're willing to spread it around to to make deals happen absolutely absolutely yeah Yeah. so that that's and yeah and then it's reduced by the option consideration so that's the overall um investment that the investor needs to have approximately yeah, 70,000 to clarify clarify the option consideration is the money coming from the tenant buyer, the tenant buyer. Yep. Uh, to offset your down payment and, and that's them putting their money where their mouth is yes. showing that they're serious if they're bringing $25,000 to the table you can bet they're pretty determined to buy and yep. the more money they're willing to put down up front pretty much the more willing they are to buy and the more wanting they are to buy which precisely so, Precisely. so if I were you as the guy, I'm looking for the guy willing to put the most down yep. and uh, pres- uh, presuming that they can fix their credit. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Well, this, it all, it's, yeah. it's a three legged stool, yeah. right? The credit, their down payment and their income. Yeah. And if they're not out of balance, it's teetering all the time. So. It's, it's hard to imagine somebody who has a serious chronic problem with, with spending and credit having $25,000 to their name anyway. So yeah. uh, you're probably, in, 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 unless they're borrowing it from somewhere they shouldn't be. Yeah, or it's just like, it's, <laughs> it reminds me of like, uh, 
like those arm wrestlers when they're just yeah. their right arm is just gigantic and huge and jacked, but they have like a skinny yeah. left arm. It's like it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> it's a telltale sign of of somebody you might want to work with. Yeah. Okay. So the bottom line here. So if if I'm say I'm the investor, you you come to me with this deal, and I say, sure, Alfonso, I am willing to put down the. 81,000? Oh, so, no, 70,000. I'm so, willing to put down the 70,000. How much am I going to make? Um, essentially, the cash flow on this particular property was a total of 840 a month. So that would be split basically uh, 420 to you. So it would go into our joint account? Yep, it would go into the joint account. So basically, th- that's the basically the bottom the, the, the bottom segment there is that yeah. we collect we collect the monthly cash flow. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, we collect the monthly rent, $2,700. In this case, the client is, col- where is putting down uh, 600 oh. Yep, I can see it there. $600 a month. So we're collecting that. Yeah. We're paying our pity, our principal interest, tax insurance every month. And we're left with a profit of $840 a month. Yeah. Right? The, the project is profitable, $840. The investor takes $50. Yeah. Jag takes $50. That's a 50-50 split, right? Maybe we take $400 yeah. and $400, leave some in a reserve or something like yeah, that. Yeah, do you build up a reserve into it? Yeah, very slightly. Like we, you know what? Like we, every account, like we kind of bolster up and put a couple of grand in there, or at least mm-hmm. one to two months of rent. Just so that in the mortgage never goes in default. I think that's yeah. a good practice. Um, oh yeah, I do a lot more than that on mine. <laughs> yeah, different though. Yeah, it's yeah. Different well, again, approach. these yeah. tenant buyers, right? Like again, yeah. we've they're we, hands off, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, what do you do if if something comes up like a roof? Like yeah. you know, these guys they just they just forked out twenty five grand, and mm-hmm. now all of a sudden they're told they need a roof. I'm assuming that part of your home inspection is to make sure they don't. But maybe on year three, if it was a bad roof i've seen it man i've seen it yeah exactly uh, they yeah curl. Uh, yeah absolutely again we do every we home we do a home inspection on every single property that we yeah. do we we don't work with we work with home inspectors not fortune tellers so mm-hmm. we don't no one can predict the future of what's going to happen to these properties in a few cases what's happened is say like a furnace never a roof but a furnace is gone so it's yeah. like six grand repair okay so yep. the tenant buyer actually had another three thousand that they could put in we put in with the investor the other three now, basically, we tacked it on to the end purchase price. Yeah. Because you have to have a furnace in your house. Like, there's not, there's no yeah, more. So like, you, guys... so you only have three. Sorry. We don't want them to get into like a high interest loan with like, right. With yeah. the, the, the heating and cooling companies, not to be named. Um, <laughs> those high interest that we see on credit scores all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we don't want them to be put in a worse position. We want their yeah. credit to improve. So we'll actually put that in and then just basically tack that on to the end purchase price. If there is something major, again, yeah. when we're going through the home inspection, you can kind of tell if it's like a 30 year old furnace or if it's a 10 year old yeah, furnace. I've yeah. seen 10 year old furnaces. 10 year old ones go. Yeah. doesn't matter, right? Again, it's yeah. you can't predict that, but that's how we kind of um, take yeah. care of that downside if it does happen. Yeah. So uh, for that alone, like, I, you know, for me, I'd love to have just a few grand because you just don't know, right? You're putting that yeah. pickle and you, you know, you don't want to have to go back to your investor and say, hey, let's put some more money out, yeah. uh, you know, if, if that's the case. So uh, in this case, yeah, just, just to clarify, um, so $2,700 is the monthly payment. So that would effectively be the, the rent on the lease uh, for this buyer. Now, as you had said, $600 approximately of that is going towards their eventual down payment. Yep. But you're making money because you've applied a percentage increase to the property value each year of the contract. Correct. So yep. you've you've marked it up here. Can you give me an example on this one? Yep, Where- exactly. Yeah. So this one here, the the um, the profit and sales. So we've used a 5% appreciation rate. Okay. So buying the property at 408 selling back to the tenant buyer at 472. 
Okay. Okay. So that's that's the spread, right? So that's a big lift to get over that that time. So it doesn't hurt to give them six hundred dollars credit on their rent because you're still making a huge Ex- lift. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And they're gonna, they're going to need that down payment as well yes. too, right? They're going to yeah. have to. We we try to get our clients to ten percent down payment at the end. Ten percent. Okay. Yeah. So basically, it's setting them up in another in a better position to qualify yeah. for a mortgage. More skin in the game from the. Uh, lenders perspective right right and mm-hmm. and as far as lenders go on the buying end um i have helped a client with a mortgage for a buyout yeah. uh, and they were it went actually relatively smoothly yeah. uh do you find it goes pretty smoothly for you, you? know what again with the team that we work with they know and yeah. they they see the horizon they, they've been working with the client all the way through mm-hmm. they know what they're going to need to do to yeah. get that mortgage they know how to present it what lenders that are you know going to understand this deposit, this option deposit or credit on the yeah. closing, that kind of stuff. So they've right? already so, got their underwriter they're working with. The underwriter's seen it many times, yeah. knows what to ask for. It, it is becoming more common. Like uh, in speaking with banks, I've heard them like, they're like, oh yeah, we have a program. This is what you need. Yes. And, uh, yes. Yeah. So, and, and as the government has introduced yeah. their version, I call it their version of rent to own, right? Their equity stake oh, the into equity the property, stake. right? That's <laughs> interesting way of thinking about it. Yeah. So yeah. again, so we, we're, the future sale price is the is the four seventy two. Now we pay out the first the first mortgage, the balance of the mortgage, right? Is uh, at that point there, the clients have paid some pay down, right? We started at yeah. uh, of eighty percent, like a three hundred and twenty six mortgage. Now we're down to yeah. three hundred seven, so that mortgage is paid out. So one thing I'll note here is that this sheet is obviously well constructed. So you've got an amortization table that's calculated what the mortgage will be in three years. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. In in a good rent own spreadsheet Thank should you, do that. That's all, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> it should. This he, is the way it should be. He so. le- he legitimately had yeah. made. He had shown me this, and then yeah. the first deal that we we did, we were working through the spreadsheet. I'm like, no, it doesn't make sense. These numbers. We went through it. Number Number by number yeah. because I had moved or changed things in Excel. Yeah. So then he made a spreadsheet for me that I can't break. <laughs> locked cells. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. I haven't yeah. figured out how to do that. I've made some cool spreadsheets, never figured out how to lock cells. I'm, yeah. I just highlighted the ones. I'm like, change the ones yeah. in blue. Well, you can see the blue. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Blue it. are the ones you change. Don't touch anything else. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So okay. um, yeah. So we pay out. They've, they've got, we've gotten the mortgage from 326 down to 307. So yeah. approximately $19,000, $20,000. Again, we do the inspections. We yeah. go out there. So we charge us a small fee for the inspection fee of going out there, gas. So that kind of stuff. So you have a few fees that, yeah, just for facilitating. Yeah. Um, if I could sum this up then, and I will put it up. So for anyone who wants to see this, I will find a way to make it available if that's okay absolutely. with you. That, yeah, you can, yeah. Okay, absolutely. I'm going to make this available through the show notes. There'll be a link to something. Just, uh, yeah. it, it'll be clear. Just look at the show notes. Um, <laughs> and uh, to sum it up, basically, there's there's a, f- a few different ways you're winning. I like to say that uh, in this case, so you're winning at the end because you're going to sell it for a heck of a lot more than you bought it for. Yep. And and you know that that person wants to buy it. That's what makes rent to own so awesome is because the end buyer, like you just, you know, they want it and that's pretty rare. So when they want it so bad, they take care of it. Like it's actually their home. It. Uh, it. You know, you're, you're, you're getting a significant cash flow here. You said it was uh, approximately 800 bucks. Yep. Uh, hard to find anything um, around here in Burlington that cash flows 800 bucks as a single family home. Uh, so, so you're winning on cash flow. You're winning on the the end sale value. Um, anything I'm, oh, and you're winning on mortgage pay down. Yeah, you know, so you're paying absolutely. down your mortgage. Yeah. And again, you know, you're you're helping a family. And you're helping a family. Uh, helping yeah. a family that's basically that. Again, that's going to own their own home. You're helping. We're helping an investor that's getting a better return than on you know a mutual fund or an RSP. Yeah. Right. You know whatever that that money represents in the terms of that return is mm-hmm. is what that does. Whether it's time with family, vacation, you know, education, whatever that that aspect yep. is. Right. And yeah. And that's yeah. You kind of summed it up 
really awesome. well. I like that. Win in a few ways. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I've that. heard that from yeah. someone else. Yeah, but I mean, I don't, I don't claim to have made that up. But I mean, the ways that you win in a deal are, are it's good. It's or you know, your profit centers. What are your profit centers? What are the ways that, yeah. that you're profiting? And we always so. say that we want to win, 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 right? Yeah. Win for our client, yeah. win for our investor, and then that's that equals a win for us. Yeah, absolutely. That's the the thing. Like I, um, I'm like that very much in any deal I do. Like if I'm selling an investment property to an investor, I, I care very deeply that they're happy at the end of the day. Like yeah. I, I can't control someone's happiness, but I care deeply about knowing I, I sold yeah. them the best product I could. Yeah, it's the effort yeah. and the intent that you put in to, yeah. to, to the spirit of that agreement yeah. contract, right? You're not going in there to kind of pull the wool over somebody's eyes or trick right. somebody. You can, only, yeah. you can do that once or twice. And then at that point, then you're done. I don't want to deal with people like that, quite honestly. If people yeah. like that are around me, I just uh, I disassociate because I, I want you know people who do good business. Yep. Those are the people I want to deal with, and I, that goes for all my contractors, you know, lenders, anyone I'm wor- I'm working with. Because you know what, you become the average of the people you hang around, and I have no interest of, of going so that true. way. <laughs> and you know what? And we talk about you know that yeah. freedom of time, you know, doing the podcast during the day, but that's also yeah. the freedom of people that we get to choose. To, to spend our time with as well yeah too, so that's right? why i mean I, i've been saying this a little bit and i don't know how it would work but i'd like to get like of the guys that are around here like kind of like a weekly lunch of, of guys that are just mm. like kicking kicking butt yeah. and uh you know kind of hey what are you working on this week and and like kind of a high level like kind of little little nudge kind of like uh coaching like each other i like that that's yeah. a cool idea yeah, I just feel like the one meetup a month, well, I, even if I go to all of them, like they all kind of happen at the same time. I'd like something more consistent in between. That's right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't the, have to the, be yeah. a huge thing. Mm-hmm. It's more, yeah, more of just like conversations with people yeah. who are, and, and who are as in this you, industry. As kind of the, you know, that self-awareness of, you know, what motivates you and what mm-hmm. inspires you that you learn mm-hmm. that from other people as well, too. And you kind of grow, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this has been a great, great chat, Alfonso. I know we're uh, we're kind of running on here, yeah. so uh, we should probably wrap it up. But um, if people would like to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to do it? Yeah, definitely. First and foremost, visit the website, jagproperties.com. That's J-A-A-G properties.com. That's, uh, that's our website. You can email me at Alfonso, A-L-F-O-N-S-O at jagproperties.com. Um, and that's the, yeah, that's the two best ways to, to get a hold of me. Okay. So I'll make sure that that stuff is available in the show notes as well. Of course, you've got the right club meetup as of when we're shooting this, that's, that's happening, uh, on tomorrow night. Yeah. Tomorrow night. night. This won't be out in time for that, but there will be an event in October, November, I assume. Absolutely. Uh, And, and, you know, quick shout out to something I'd like to offer uh, all your listeners. And I've been, you know, in, in preparation of coming onto the podcast, I've listened to a whole bunch of your podcasts as well too. You do such a fantastic job. And I want to offer any of your listeners that haven't been out to a right club event, um, get at me at those contacts that I gave you. And if you've never been to a right club event i would love to offer you a, a free entry to your first uh first first event sounds good okay well uh yeah i appreciate you doing that just wanted to ask you a couple of closing questions about yourself sure love to find out what people do when they're not talking real estate okay what do you do um this morning i went for a almost 20k bike ride um so i'm gotten real into biking this summer um uh, i play tennis love okay. love love tennis Really? And uh, okay, yeah, I, I've really I picked it up about three years ago, and I've been going hard on it since, and it's been a good fitness thing for me. I wouldn't mind playing a game with you. I play squash, okay, very uh, very competitively, like well in a in a house rec league. But, wow, okay, uh, I, I really really enjoy I'm squash. Trying to, I, I'm yeah. trying to pick up squash. Squash is a great game. It's so much a, fun. It's yeah. it's I think a little faster than tennis. Um, More forgiving reaction, though. Reaction time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. If you yes. miss the ball, you don't have to run like. 
a half a kilometer to go that's true but <laughs> go yeah, get you, the ball you ever, have you ever done one of those trackings like on your fitbit or something like that and you see like all the zigzags that i have no. i i played squash with a gentleman and he yeah. had something like that all the zigzags that he does so um yeah squash and racquetball those three uh, tennis i play most of yeah. but the other two i've definitely dabbled yeah. in and played so i really like that um really love uh, spending time with with my folks uh, and my grandmother and my sister that's a big part of my life my family and uh yeah i got some really good buddies that you know we sit around a couple you know i, I wouldn't call it the, the round table of the masterminds like as you described it yeah. but you know what we we are all kind of successful in our own ways uh and, and yeah we kind of get together play some cards and kind of yeah. talk talk crap to each other a little bit and uh yeah yeah and that's yeah that's a fun thing that i like to do as well well, as we go into hibernation, I like to uh, throw together a poker game um, every All once right. in a while. So maybe we'll uh, we'll have to get something okay. like that happening. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, I really appreciate you coming on, Alfonso. Thanks for having and, me. And uh, we'll see you, see you tomorrow night anyway. Thanks again. We'll yeah. see you on the next one. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Just a quick reminder to please rate and review this podcast if you have not already done so. If you're watching on YouTube, please take a moment and click that subscribe button. Give it a like. Leave me a comment. It just helps more people to find the podcast, helps it grow. 